everyone, and welcome to episode 29 of the Hydrogen Nowcast, recorded on June 24th, 2021. This is a podcast devoted to encouraging the deployment of fuel cell EVs, hydrogen fueling, and hydrogen infrastructure throughout the world. The Hydrogen Nowcast is a production of the Colorado Hydrogen Network in Denver, Colorado. I'm your host, Brian DeBruin, the Director of Operations for the Colorado Hydrogen Network. In the podcast today, I want to talk about the colors of hydrogen. And I know what a lot of you are thinking. Yeah, yeah, I know all that. But don't switch off the podcast just yet because today I think you're going to hear something completely different. Now, people seem to have fallen into the habit of coming up with a new color for every method of making hydrogen. We've gone from simply green, blue, and gray to yellow and turquoise and others. And this arbitrary creation of unnecessary colors stems from a lack of understanding of what the colors mean and how many colors we actually need. And by the way, as I'm about to explain, we only need four colors and the fourth color is actually missing. Now this color chaos has caused some people in the industry to throw up their hands and suggest we stop using color altogether and go to a carbon intensity number for hydrogen instead. This would be a sort of quality rating, kind of analogous to the way the color quality of LED lights are specified by the color rendition index or CRI. Well, while I do think that a carbon intensity index has its uses, in general discussion, we need a simple way to talk about the environmental impacts of hydrogen sources, and colors work really nice for that. Besides that, the color genie is already out of the bottle, so to speak, and the colors are already in use, and I don't think we're going to convince people to stop, and I don't think we should, but we just need better discipline and understanding about what the colors mean. So why do we even need colors, and what information are we trying to convey? We need colors because it's important to be able to convey the environmental impact of hydrogen that we generate. Now let's face it, if it wasn't for climate change and the need to decarbonize our atmosphere, we wouldn't even bother to use hydrogen. We keep right on using fossil fuels. And we need to be able to convey the environmental impact simply, either when talking to people or for use on websites or other communication. So what are the important metrics around hydrogen that convey their environmental impact? Well, there are really just two. First, does the generation of hydrogen from a particular energy source emit carbon into the atmosphere? Now, for the purposes of a shorthand like color, this choice is binary, either yes or no. Now, the second is whether the source of the hydrogen is renewable or not. And renewable, of course, is defined as a process that is continuous and regenerative. The wind and sun are examples, but so is plant life or biomass, as well as geological hydrogen. Non-renewable, of course, is fossil fuels, but also nuclear. You know, the supply of uranium may be large, but it's not infinite. So now you can see that the reason we assign a color is so that with one concept, which is color, we can specify two things, whether the source is renewable and whether carbon is emitted. So that's just two criteria, and each criterion with two characteristics. Two times two is four, so we've defined just four categories to classify hydrogen to which every possible source can be assigned. So that's why we need four colors. Now the four classifications are renewable energy source, no carbon emissions, 
renewable energy source with carbon emissions, a non-renewable source, no carbon emissions, and non-renewable with carbon emissions. These four categories can be used to talk about every type of hydrogen source possible. Now, it might be helpful to visualize a figure for this, but, you know, this is an audio podcast, so I can't show you a picture. So I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. So picture a square divided into four small squares. The upper left square is colored green, the lower left is blue, the bottom right is gray, and I'm going to come back to that upper right square in a minute. Now also imagine that across the top, we label that horizontal axis as carbon emitting, with no for the left column of squares, and yes for the right column of squares. Now on the left side of our squares, we label the vertical axis as renewable with yes for the top row of squares and no for the bottom row of squares. So now you can see that the top left box, which we colored green, is labeled no for carbon emission and yes for renewable. The bottom left box, which we colored blue, is labeled no for carbon emissions and no for renewable. And the bottom right box, which we colored gray, is labeled yes for emissions and no for renewable. Ah, but what about that upper right box, which is yes for emissions, but yes for renewable? Now, here's where things start to get interesting and reveal the limits of the current color labeling. So what kind of hydrogen source does this block describe with yes for emissions, but yes for renewable? Well, this is hydrogen created from biomass with carbon release into the atmosphere in the process. So Eureka, we've discovered a source of hydrogen for which we have no color. Well, at least not yet. Now, by the way, if the carbon was captured in this case, what color would that make it? If you said green, you get a gold star because this is a renewable source with no carbon emission that makes it green. So this shows the power of a disciplined analysis system that labels things based on key metrics and doesn't just arbitrarily start naming things without understanding what the names are trying to convey. So let's test our little 4x4 matrix to see if it accounts for all possible hydrogen sources out there. Okay, so first, what about hydrogen extracted from oil wells? Now, this is a process that I covered in the November 12, 2020 podcast. So in this case, the carbon stays locked in the ground, but the source is petroleum, which is not renewable, so this is blue. So what about hydrogen wells? Well, this source is an ongoing geological process, so therefore it's renewable, and there's no carbon involved, so this is green. I bet until now you thought that electrolysis of water with renewable electricity was the only green source of hydrogen, and it definitely is not. So speaking of electrolysis with renewable electricity, this is obviously renewable and zero carbon, so of course it's green. All right, let's take another example. What about steam methane reforming of petroleum? With carbon capture and sequestration, this is blue because it's non-renewable and non-carbon emitting. And without carbon capture, this is gray for non-renewable and carbon emitting. Okay, what about hydrogen generated from coal? Well, this is non-renewable. If the carbon is emitted, it's gray. If the carbon is captured, it's blue. There's really no need to distinguish between hydrogen generated from petroleum or coal. Okay, what about hydrogen created with nuclear energy? It's blue because the source is non-renewable and there's no carbon emitted. 
So let's get back to that upper right quadrant in our table, which still has no color. So you recall that this block is renewable, but emits carbon. And this is the characteristic of hydrogen derived from biomass, but the carbon is emitted. Now, I make no claim to have the authority to dictate to the world what color this hydrogen should be. However, I'm entitled to my opinion, which I'm about to give you. So let's pull out our best rational thinking and come up with a color recommendation. Well, first of all, in selecting a new color, it should be one of the commonly used color names that are available in most languages. So this probably limits us to red, green, blue, yellow, orange, brown, pink, gray, or tan. Now, green, blue, turquoise, gray, and yellow are of course already taken. And red and orange probably aren't a good choice because those usually signify a warning. So I wouldn't pick those. So this leaves just pink or tan. Now again, although this hydrogen comes from a renewable source, it does emit carbon, so we should consider it somewhat dirty. So tan is the color of dirt, and biomass is kind of a tan color. So by the process of elimination, that leaves us with tan. So here are four colors, green, blue, gray, and tan, which clearly define the important parameters of any possible hydrogen source. So I will put a graphic for this in the show notes on the Colorado Hydrogen Network website, which is on the podcast page at www.colorado-hydrogen.org. So I hope you all see the merit and logic behind this color system for hydrogen, and I hope you embrace it and adopt this convention. So let's broaden this concept a bit and talk in general about how to define or specify something. The right way to do this is to specify the outcome or performance, not by giving an example. So to illustrate this concept, let's discuss either writing specifications or writing legislation. Now, lately I've been looking at various state and federal legislation over the past few months, and I've been kind of disappointed to see the way that definitions are written around renewable energy systems. The most egregious example are how zero emission vehicles are defined or also definitions of green energy. Instead of specifying the outcome or performance, all too often the authors fall into the trap of merely providing examples. Now, I think this is wrong for several reasons. First, this is too limiting. There are almost always other technologies that the author knows nothing about and so are missing from the list. And secondly, technology is changing really fast. And a list of examples today will be out of date practically before the ink is dry on the document. And thirdly, scientists and engineers designing systems are far more skilled in the art than the document writers, and they may know a better ways to achieve the desired outcome than the spec or the legislation specifies. So let me give you a couple of examples. So instead of saying that a zero emission vehicle is one powered by batteries or fuel cells, they should say that a zero emission vehicle is one that emits zero greenhouse gases in its operation. Another example is that instead of saying that green hydrogen is generated by splitting water with renewable electricity, which is incomplete, they should say that green hydrogen is generated from renewable energy sources and emits no greenhouse gases in its use. So that's it for the podcast today. It's brief, but you know, it's summer and I'm doing some traveling, and so are many of the guests that I'm lining up. But I didn't want to leave you without a podcast 
So I hope you found this interesting. So listeners, if you enjoy listening to the Hydrogen Nowcast, please subscribe to the podcast and also give us a rating in your podcast app. A good rating helps us be discovered by other people. And of course, word of mouth recommendations are really important. So consider letting people in your own network know about the Hydrogen Nowcast. So until next time, this is Brian DeBruin wishing you health and prosperity. Goodbye.